When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? I want to tell you about our sponsor, Athletic Greens, the all-in-one daily drink to support better health and peak performance. Even with a balanced diet, it's difficult to cover all of your nutritional bases, especially when we're talking about micronutrients, and that's where Athletic Greens will help. Their daily drink is like nutritional insurance for your body that's delivered straight to your door. Developed with a complex blend of 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food ingredients, Athletic Greens is a greens powder engineered to help fill the nutritional gaps in your diet. Their daily drink improves your everyday performance by addressing the four pillars of health, energy, recovery, gut health, which is so important, and immune health. Packed with adaptogens for recovery, probiotics and digestive enzymes for gut health, and vitamin C and zinc citrate for immune support, Athletic Greens is an easy, all-in-one solution to help your body meet its nutritional needs. Their highly absorbable powder is diet-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, all in a drink with less than one gram of sugar that tastes amazing. There are a bunch of people here at Impact Theory that are using Athletic Greens and they absolutely love the taste and quite frankly, the fact that they can get the micronutrients from a whole array of vegetables without having to actually buy or cook them. So whether you're looking to boost your energy levels, support your immune system, or address gut health, now is the perfect time to try Athletic Greens for yourself. Athletic Greens is offering our audience a free gift with their first purchase with a minimum value of $20. Simply go to Athletic athleticgreens.com slash impact to claim this special offer. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash impact to get Athletic Greens, which is all-in-one nutrition with 75 highly absorbable ingredients. All right, guys, give this one a shot. Stay in tip-top condition. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Health Theory. Today's guest is best-selling author Dr. Caroline Leaf. She's a cognitive neuroscientist with a PhD in communication pathology who's been researching the brain, mental health, and memory formation for over 30 years. Her insights and methodology have helped over a million people to improve the quality of their lives and have made her a highly sought-after speaker who lectures to audiences around the world. Additionally, she runs the Integrated Mind Network and is participating in a DC-based mental health initiative that is a part of her tireless efforts to reduce the global stigma around mental health. Dr. Leaf, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, I'm thrilled. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So um, I'm super curious to know if if your um, your Skype can be believed, you are now in Dallas, Texas. Um, how how does one go from South Africa? And I think were you you were born somewhere else even from there? Yes. Yeah. I got an interesting history. I was born in Zimbabwe and grew up in South Africa, and we've been in the states now for 12 years. So we're based in Dallas, but we travel globally 70% of the month. Pre-COVID, post-COVID, and during COVID, we obviously haven't travelled. But yeah, our main offer we based in Dallas. So I'm my mom was English, my daddy well Irish English, my dad Italian. So I'm kind of a mixture, and my husband's Swiss. So put that all together, <laughs> and it's a, it's an interesting mix. So I start with that is because one of the things I find most interesting about your work is the whole idea of identity and how important that is for people. And I know you work with people a lot yeah. on that. And one of the things that I have found certainly anchored my own identity and I've seen anchor a lot of people's identity is where they're from. And so having yeah. that sort of high level of being a nomad and, and going to all these places, one, how yeah. has that impacted your identity? How do you think about identity and you know what are what's your guidance for people trying to solidify a useful identity? Tom, that's an excellent question, and it's really a good place to start because when I worked in clinical practice, which I did for 25 years, it's the first area that you need to work with with people because your identity is your value. So if your identity, if you know how to manage your identity, you can be absolutely anywhere, and that doesn't throw you. You know, you don't attach your identity to a place. You attach it to yourself, which is a healthy way of doing it. And I think probably the work, um, it's good you 
I'm glad you asked me about South Africa too, because my initial research was obviously done there. And I would spend three days, up to three days a week working in the apartheid era, because mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, this is back in the 80s, in the transition with Mandela coming in and then post-apartheid. And, you know, with this, everything that's going on currently at the moment with racism, I saw firsthand what was happening to people's identity. And a lot of my initial brain research was done. And that's where I honestly learned most of what I do because it's, I was in the trenches dealing with people whose identity had been removed. A classic example of identity is Nelson Mandela. And when he was, when he was sent to prison, in, on Robben Island, one of the things that they did was they the first thing besides you know all the inhumane things they did was that they took their ID card away, and your ID card already in an apartheid South Africa um, to the, that ID card meant everything. And the first thing they would do is say take it away and say you you have no value you 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 have no identity, and then they would put them in you know the prison outfits and they would, there was no recognition of identity and it, that's how they would broke a lot of their spirits and it's interesting how Mandela took that and turned that into what we know transformed that experience into something very constructive whereas there was the, the, the traditional I mean the the well-known hammer murderer who was um, incarcerated at the same time as him and what they would have to do all day long would hit hit these white stones with a hammer and it was there was no no recognition, no value for them as a human, and they would just do this day in and day out, dehumanizing. And when when Mandela got out of prison, we know what he did. He transformed the world, impacted the world. The hammer murder went on to be the hammer murder. He actually murdered people and became a serial killer. And there's two classic examples of people whose identities were removed and who used that in a different way and transformed that in a different way. So if I had to define identity, it's really simple. It's how you uniquely think and feel and choose. That's what it is. So when I think of identity, I actually think of it a little bit differently. And I'd be curious to know if we have conflicting ideas on identity, if we're just saying the same thing, maybe in different angles. So I think of identity as a statement that you repeat to yourself about who you are um, using actual like those words. So in the beginning, I the thing I repeated to myself is I am Solieri. And I don't know if you know the movie Amadeus or not, but Solieri was the character who was just good enough at music to recognize he would never be as good as Mozart. And when I saw that movie, I was like, oh my God, that's me. Like, I'm just smart enough to realize how much smarter other people are. And so I had that similar lament of like, could Mm -hmm. you not have made me dumber so that I don't have the self-awareness, that I don't recognize that I'm not as good as these people, or couldn't you have made me as good as these people, right? But being in the area where it's like, oh man, I just recognize where I'm at. So I had to switch that. And and so a big moment for me was going, actually, I am the learner. And because I could repeat it to myself and I could define what a learner was and what a learner does, and it became so concrete and so specific, that it gave me um, a way to see myself that made me feel good and a way to behave that moved me forward. Um, is that is that a collision with how you see it? Mm-mm. Is that... No, it's totally, totally complimentary. So what you've done is you've translated you uh, how you thought, felt, and chose about yourself from being someone who almost was that, that the almost there, the sol- Soliaria. Soliaria, to recognizing that actually you are. So you basically thought, felt, and chose. In order for you to make a statement, it's preceded by um, a thought. So you had the thought of who you were, and then you had to change it to another thought. And a thought is a big concept, and it's a real thing. But thoughts come from an action, and that is the unique identity of um, thinking, feeling, and choosing. So you had to think, feel, choose. You built a thought, and then that thought became encapsulated into a statement. Can, can you tell me what do you mean by choose? Okay, so um, as you, um, what we do at incredible speeds on the non-conscious level at like 400 billion actions per second, we do on a conscious level at a much slower rate. And um, we have awareness of our thinking, feeling and choosing every 10 seconds. So as I think, I will feel and as I think and feel. I will choose. Choice means that you're building, updating your knowledge. It's like a wave of, of knowledge that's been constantly updated about yourself. Do you mean so I'm choosing always, what to believe about myself? Choosing, yes. Choice about everything. It's choice about everything. Every experience, like at, right at the moment as you're listening to me, I'm giving you information. You're thinking, feeling, and making choices about what I'm saying. So the three go together, and choice is kind of the, it's like it puts the bow on it. It kind of collapses the wave. If you think of a wave on a beach, it's the easiest way to understand choice. You think and feel the 
the wave builds and then as you choose the wave crashes so you make a decision and then that leads you to the next bit of information so let me, that you let me need. push on that a little bit so you've yeah. got you're saying things let's say it's about identity and so i'm i'm having a reaction to that or i'm thinking about it i'm having an emotional reaction to that and then i'm going to make a decision about whether i think it's true or it's false or worthy of pursuit or whatever um, and that sort of narrows the world of opportunity down into now that i have a decision about it i've sort of cataloged it is that and then the yes, world becomes it, i've cataloged all these things in all these different yes. places and that creates my what i call frame of reference i don't know um what word you would use for that but yeah you can you can explain it exactly like that and it's not just a one off thing it's a constant process so there's there's a lot of little decisions like a comic strip if you think of a comic strip there's a lot of little cartoons and then but we don't see the individual cartoons we see a whole flow so every but every little cartoon is like that think feel choose think feel choose but put together it's a flow so to get to the point of i am a learner there were a lot of little individual parts of the cartoon, little individual think, feel, choose boxes that led up to the, uh, the the identity that you created, that you shifted for yourself, that you literally reconceptualized. So you, so thinking and feeling and choosing is mind in action. And we're always in action 24 seven. And there's a, there's, there's a bunch of little proteins that are supercomputers that are vibrating with, I am a learner in the, in, in little branches, looks like a tree. And every experience that you have daily is being added to that concept because you keep on learning. And that's a thought. A thought is like a tree filled with memories. And it's a thought is a huge concept. And it's something that we build from thinking, feeling, and choosing, but within it is an infinite number of branches that you keep growing because of each experience so the i am a learner keeps growing so the identity keeps growing and and changing and along the way it's very organic so along the way we experience this we have a relationship we meet someone else we learn something new so every time you do an interview every time you prepare for an interview every time you have a conversation with your wife or friend you are adding to that identity because you approach things in terms of I'm learning, I'm learning new stuff all the time. Um, a lot of the, a lot of people when I, that would come into my practice and a lot of people that, that contact me now, thousands, will say, I don't know who I am. I don't know what my purpose is. I've been told by everyone, I can't do this. I can't do that. I've gone through this. I've gone through this trauma, this brain injury, this autism or in the racial South Africa that I worked in and this current racist environment, the value of, well, you're black, so you're not worth the same thing. Who, who are you really? So we've all got the same brain structures and physiology, but the way that you are building this information and the way that your viewers are building what I'm saying now is going to look different. We're all building different trees of what I'm saying at the moment based on your unique identity. So when we accept okay, that- Okay, let's, um, okay. I want to slow down there just because I want to make sure that people can actually piece this together. Together. So I'm going to translate some of this into just the words that I use and let me know if I'm actually understanding this. So um, there's nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so, right? The sort of immortal Shakespeare quote, which I think is really brilliant and, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. points to how humans are meaning making machines. So yes. what I hear you saying is that in every moment, your, your thoughts ultimately come down to a choice that you're making. I like the word choice. If I'm understanding correctly, I like the word choice. So I had always taken, oh, I'm not as good as other people and that's just who I am. But once I realized, oh, that's a choice and I could actually focus my, um, I could make a different choice, which is that, well, my brain is plastic and I can learn. So I'm not as good as them yet. And so the insertion of the word yet became this incredibly powerful, life-changing decision that I, and I've heard you talk about this. In the early days of brain plasticity, it was hotly contested. People yes. were debating it. Is it real? Is it not real? And it was, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Whatever um, number of neurons you're born with, that's what you're going to die with. That's it. The brain doesn't make new cells. And so in the, the late 90s, when I'm sort of sliding towards depression and I'm like, man, I'm, I've taken on tens of thousands of dollars in debt from college. I'm not talented. I'm never going to be able to do what I want to do for a living. And, and now I'm lost. And so it was a really dark place, but I find brain plasticity. It's hotly debated, but I choose to believe that it's real. So when you talk about the, the tree and sort of the way I think about all the branches, is that what you're talking about? Where these, those little incremental things, you're constantly changing the shape of this tree as you make these different choices about all these little incremental concepts that you encounter that you then assign meaning to. 
perfect. You said that perfectly. That's exactly what you're doing. When you think, you will automatically always feel. And when you feel, you will automatically choose. We do that as humans, whether we like it or not. So we either choosing, we can't never not choose. You know, that's one of the arguments that people say, well, I'm, I'm not going to do anything. That's a choice. So you either, you're choosing either to actually move in one direction or the other all the time. So the three always go together. You cannot separate them out. So the result that you build is that tree, the thought, they look like trees in the in the brain. We see that they have an arbor-like structure, which is tree-like structure. They're constantly changing. They're never the same. They're always updating from every experience that you have. So you're always growing little branches. There's no space limit to the amount of branches that you grow. There's no space limit in your brain just by the nature. When it comes to platforms that will help you run a business, there is no shortage of options on the market. But if you want to use the best, most advanced, and most efficient platform out there, you need to be using Shopify. For whatever and wherever you want to sell, from launching to going international, Shopify is the global commerce platform that will help you grow at every stage of your business. With award-winning customer service, the internet's highest converting checkout page, and a suite of integrated AI tools, Shopify is your all-in-one platform to quickly and efficiently take your business to the next level. I love everything about Shopify because it makes it so easy to start, run, and grow a business. Shopify powers more than 10% of all U.S. e-commerce because businesses that want to grow quickly use Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash impact right now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash impact. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. How the brain actually grows itself. Um, and this this is neurogenesis, neuroplasticity, which is the research happening for all these years. So you a thought then as you think, feel and choose. And we're talking specifically about the thought of identity at the moment, which is very cool because it pervades how we view everything in life. It's a very dominant thought structure that we build into our brain. And it kind of is the sunglasses we put on on how we view life. That thought 
when you think, feel, and choose, and you build the tree, and if my hand is the tree, we can literally imagine that the inside this tree we've got information so on the branches and emotions because we think about information. So we build information, and also the emotions, which is the feeling we experience at that moment, also goes into there. So this thought has information and emotions, and all the little branches are the memories of the thought, which keep getting added to. So thoughts are real things. They occupy mental real estate. Let's talk about how um, nothing can change. Energy is never lost. We know that from Newton. So energy is never lost. Energy is transferred. And let's say that you're, you're seeing yourself in a very negative way, like those people uh, that I work with in South Africa or my patients or the example you gave of yourself. If we constantly think about ourselves negatively, we're going against the natural function of, of the, the way that the energy should flow in the brain as we are going through life. So instead of when I think beta. about should, though, I that'll that'll derail on. So I won't um, I won't take us down that path. But to me, whether we should or shouldn't um, is certainly we can change the way that we feel. We can change yes. even the hard wiring of our brain by getting uh, yes. a grip of our thoughts. And I know one thing you've talked That's a lot the whole about thing is that I teach here. Yeah. So walk me through like when it comes to changing your identity. So you've got this tree, you've made all these decisions, you've got these emotions associated with thoughts and they sort of, in my language, will cough up to your conscious mind at the weirdest of times and cause you to interpret situations in, in an unhelpful way unless you take control of that. And, and I love your analogy of it being like a tree because once you get into an organic growth, I start thinking some people, the way that their frame of reference, all those little choices that they've made have built instead of, you know, like a beautiful bonsai tree, it's a bramble and it's, you know, it's tangled and there's thorns and it's like impossible to get your way through. So how do you help people, whether it's meditation, journaling, breathing exercises, developing self-awareness, like how do you help them take control of that process and begin to build an identity that serves them? Okay. Brilliant question. So if you use your mind in a very determined way, so if you control your choices and you, you've said this, you've said this, both of us, that when you think and feel and choose, you have the ability to change your choices, to control your choices. So that thinking and feeling is leading to the change of the choice. When you do that, you change the structure of your brain because the thinking, feeling, choosing moves through your brain, leads to a genetic change in your brain, which then builds the little proteins that actually hold the thought, which are the, and the proteins make the branches of the tree. So this is, when we talk about neuroplasticity, the visual you can actually imagine is of tree branches growing. So there is structural change. So you are changing matter with mind. So what is mind? Think, feel, choose. What is matter? It's the physical substance or substrate of the brain and the body. And then the brain controls the body. So how do you teach people to um, be conscious about that process? Like for me, I always tell people nice and simple. The only identity that's going to serve you long term is that of the learner, period. Simple as it's the most foundational. I I am very open. If somebody has a better answer, I will immediately adopt it. But it's anti-fragile to use Nassim Taleb's term, where the more you attack somebody with a the mindset of the learner, the stronger you make them because their their identity is not associated with being right, with being good or worthy or anything that's fragile, being smart. It's all around cool, I, I want to know where I'm wrong because I want to improve. My very self-esteem is attached to my willingness to learn, to stare nakedly at my inadequacies and get better. So that's sort of my foundational thing that I hand to people and say, look, just do that. If you build your identity around that, you're going to be golden. I give them the phrases to repeat. Um, what's the the scaffolding or process is probably a better way to say it. What's the process that you give people for changing their identity in a very specific way? Okay, so first of all, learner is an excellent way because learner means that you're always open to change. So you're always open to thinking, feeling, and making choices. So learner is an excellent an excellent word to use for that because you can't learn unless you think and feel and, and make choices. I quickly want to just frame it with related to something that you mentioned a moment ago because it will make it easy to understand the how our brain should flow. You, the word should, you, you paused on the word should. Everyone's got their own should. I want to stress that. There is no um, normal brain. 
Yale actually brought a study out in 2018, and I, and I stress that I, all my research, all my neuroscience research is done looking at people as individual case studies. So you are your own measure, and the whole mental health movement completely is counter to that because the, well, the, the, I'd say the vast majority of the biomedical model because it doesn't look as the, at the individual as an individual in the context of their story and measure against themselves and look at what they've gone through and what they're going through and the societal et cetera, et cetera. It's more, these are the symptoms, diagnose the symptoms, give you a label and lock you into a box. And that has been very detrimental to mental health. We've gone backwards in mental health for the last 60 years. It hasn't worked. It's made things worse. What we have to get back to is the recognition of the individual. So when I say should, it's not should against any measure. It is there's a certain pattern in the brain that we see when our, when we've got a handle on how we're comfortable. And being comfortable is also being uncomfortable. So I have, maybe you feel depressed, like you expressed express that you went through depression. So if you're feeling depressed or anxious, these are not illnesses. These are not limiting illnesses. These are signals that there's something going on in your life that you need to look at. So depression related to identity, I can't achieve what I'm, what, what I don't believe I'm ever going to make it. I'm just not good enough for whatever, all that thought of I'm not good enough had all the little memories of whatever for whatever experience inside of that so that frames it so how do we fix that so what I studied was the science of thought so if we think feel and choose to build a thought how does that process happen in the brain and how can I translate that back for a patient who's suffering from depression or child who's battling with learning issues or someone who has an identity crisis or whatever so there's five basic things that your brain goes through but there's a preparation phase first the preparation is the mindfulness the breathing all those things which then prepares the body on a physiological level and a neurophysiological level for the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system to balance and for us to get mindful in the moment as soon as you are they have done mindfulness training for example and some mindfulness work or a bit of meditation and breathing you then your brain is then in a phase phase state where the different energies of the brain alpha beta theta data delta nothing weird um, are all flowing like in a beach think of a sea think of the sea if you go far out in the sea you've got the huge swell um, and that's like it's deep and it's big and it's massive but it's this massive swell that's delta then you come in a little closer and it's a big swell but it's not as big that's theta and those two represent the deep the the non-conscious mind which is the biggest part of us that non-physical part of us we are intelligences or memories it's working 24 7 it's huge it's churning this is why the sea analogy is really good then you've got you come in a little closer to the shore and you get alpha which is now starting to build into more of a way that you can recognize the typical wave form and then you get um, high beta, which is kind of the top of the wave where you're starting to see the white crest, and then you get the beta where it crashes onto the beach, and then you get the little ripple, which is what we would call gamma. So these the gamma, beta, gamma, beta um, are all dealing with conscious. Are very act they're active when you all of them are active all the time, but they become more active when you're conscious and awake, um, and when you are sleeping, the others become more conscious. But they've got to work together because it's the conscious and the non-conscious mind, and the alpha is um, a state that your brain goes into where you can actually capture and get access to the non-conscious mind by being aware of the conscious mind. Okay, so how do you do it? So the first, how do we get this? wave flowing that sometimes will be a big wave and sometimes small just depending on circumstances you have a trauma you have a this you have a that it's all normal okay it's all part of life it's all we get up and down anxiety these are all things that we experience so we have to normalize um, depression anxiety and yes you have extreme states from extreme circumstances and we can talk about that in a in a moment but Life is is a wave, but it's not a perfect wave all the time. But what we don't want is to to become a tsunami, or a white river rapid. You know, where it's like overwhelming, and you and you feel like. Even if it does, you can still control it through your choices. So we have this phenomenal ability as humans of awareness, but, and it's a skill that we need to learn. So what I'm talking about now in the five steps that I'm going to now summarize for you, and it summarizes all my, if I have to give you one word for all the work that I've done, it's mind management. I teach mind management based and I, and I show the evidence of mind management which is basically neuro, neuroplasticity happening through showing people that when you do certain mind actions you're going to change your physiology your blood etc even your cells I've even shown that your telomeres will grow 
or shortened depending on how you manage your mind, which is incredibly important for biological aging, cellular health, etc. And then also the changes inside of your brain. So the first thing that we as humans are very good at, but we can get very bad at if we get very distracted is awareness and self-regulation. So step number one is developing our awareness, our skill of awareness. This is something we have to um, develop and it's something that needs to be grown and it's something that you need to teach our kids in schools. Can and you give the, like a super quick example of how people can improve their awareness? Okay. So it's being a, it's, it's actually using what I call the multiple perspective advantage. So it's standing back and observing your own thinking, feeling, and choosing. You can do it with me right now. So as we're talking, all the listeners and viewers can do this right now. Be very aware. Like I'm very aware now of my fingers moving. I'm aware of your facial expression. I'm aware of what's behind you. I'm aware of my own body movements. I'm aware of our conversation and the relationship developing, how you feel. I'm sorry. I'm aware. And I'm watching my thinking, I'm feeling, and choosing in terms of my choice of words. So I'm highly aware which is a state that you will come out of when you're in mindfulness. When you do my meditation, you get into a very aware state of your, of your, um, what you are feeling physically, how maybe your toes sore, maybe your, um, your heart beating faster, whatever. I'm just giving random examples. So it's being very tuned in to what's going on in terms of your thinking and your physical and the emotional. So what information am I thinking about? What emotions am I experiencing? What physical sensations? And it's developing that. With our very mo- with our modern era, we've become very distracted. Um, they did a very interesting study at Harvard and a couple of other universities t- teamed up with them, where they put people into a room and they took away all the iPhones, e- any kind of technology. They just had to sit. The instruction was just to think. They had 18 to 75 year olds, and they just had to think, and they only had to do it for 16 minutes. And the majority absolutely hated it. They couldn't do it. They were they were frustrated. They were irritated. There was a shocking device in the room. It was very well hidden. And some of them were so bored that they found the shocking device and they shocked themselves. They'd rather shock themselves than sit and think. Just 10 years ago, this kind of, the same kind of research was done and people loved it. People have, in our modern era, and I'm not anti-technology, it's brilliant, but it's mind management of technology. Mm-hmm. When we lose our awareness skill, when we aren't aware of having um, a way of you and how you feeling I lose a natural part of me which is empathy awareness is very much related to empathy empathy for myself my identity who I am empathy for others empathy for my impact that I'm making on having on others um, awareness of I'm getting irritated why am I getting irritated not just reacting and being irritated so we see in our current modern era and we can't just blame our modern era but it's playing into it it's making it more difficult when we are so busy with um, technology and things so accessible, or the lifestyle that it's now, everything's just on your head and you can just get everything so quickly, um, we, for, we haven't taken enough time to think. And your brain needs to reboot. So part of awareness is awareness of what am I thinking at the moment? Why did I just snap at my spouse? Why did I feel irritated with that? Why did I, why am and I is feeling the interruption of awareness, is that the rebooting that you're talking about? Or is meditating yes. in shifting from say beta to alpha, is that the rebooting? What is up Impactivist? Hope you guys are enjoying this episode. Wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors and then we'll get right back to it. Remember, our sponsors are all hand chosen. We love these guys and think that they have something incredibly valuable to offer. So be sure to give a listen. A lot of these guys are doing special offers just for you. What is up, everybody? Let's talk about our sponsor, Issue. If you're a creative, you know the drill. You're finally done editing. It's perfect. But now you need to format and reformat for every single platform. And if you're on a tight budget, it can be incredibly difficult to find the time and the money to facilitate this often grueling process. That's where Issue can step in and help. Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital publications from brochures to magazines to sales collateral and more. It's great for creators, marketers, designers, educators, publishers, salespeople, or anyone that wants to make eye-catching content. And Issue makes it super easy. Simply upload your PDFs and files and Issue transforms them into your vision with customizable templates to create the content that you want. With Issue, you create it once and distribute it everywhere. Everything is optimized to post on your website and social platforms like Instagram and Facebook. They can even help you make animated Instagram stories. And Issue is used by millions of people to discover new content. So 
you'll always have the opportunity to be reached by even more readers once you publish with Issue. Best of all, it's free to get started with Issue. Go to, and it's spelled uniquely, go to issuu.info slash impact theory to sign up for your free account. Again, that's issuu.info slash impact theory to sign up and let them know you heard about it from the show, my friends. That really helps. Remember, that's .info, not .com. Go to issue.info slash impact theory to set up your free account today so you can get started creating the easy, amazing way. Take care and be legendary. Hey everybody, I wanna talk to you about mental health. If there's something that you feel like is holding you back or presenting you from achieving your goals or even just interfering with your happiness, I want you to know that there's something you can do about it. So if you're suffering from depression or anxiety, as a lot of you guys know, I struggled with that for years and trying to tackle something like that by yourself is not always the best. But a lot of people feel super nervous about therapy or they just don't know where to start. And so I wanna talk to you about better help. BetterHelp makes therapy more accessible and affordable. BetterHelp is professional counseling done securely online using your computer, your tablet, your mobile phone. It works through video calls, phone calls, or even text messaging with licensed therapists who are certified by their state's board to provide therapy and counseling. This is not self-help. It's not a crisis line. BetterHelp is an online service available worldwide, and it has a massive network of counselors who have a broad and diverse range of specialties. So you can get a counselor with the sort of expertise that might not be available to you locally. BetterHelp assesses your needs and matches you with a licensed professional therapist within 24 hours. You can log into your account anytime to message your counselor. BetterHelp also has group in our sessions every week where members can learn in groups directly from licensed counselors on multiple topics, things like relationships and ways to overcome anxiety and all kinds of useful topics especially if the thought of seeking help makes you nervous. Be sure to check out over 60,000 positive reviews posted on the BetterHelp site. And just for maximum clarity, that's BetterHelp, and help is spelled H-E-L-P. BetterHelp is committed to making it easy for you to access the therapeutic help you need, even if you have never gone to counseling before. It's free to switch therapists, it's more affordable than local therapy, and they even have financial aid available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit betterhelp.com slash impact theory. Again, it's betterhelp.com and join over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. BetterHelp costs just $65 per week, and financial aid is available for those who qualify during the sign-up process. As an Impact Theory listener, you get 10% off your first month. So visit betterhelp.com slash impact theory and get the help you need today. Guys, you've got to take your mental health seriously. I know firsthand. If you need it, give this one a shot. Take care and be legendary. It's all a process. So once again, it's a process. So it's it's a determined choice, once again, to stand back and observe your own thinking. So you use your choice to observe your choice. So you're going into, and when people do this, we see massive activity in the frontal lobe, showing that there's a lot of insight happening. So you're watching yourself, almost like the Scrooge movie where he goes and watches himself growing up as a child, where you actually, you know, that movie is a very good analogy of what I'm talking about. That is something we need to develop. It's there in us, but it's something that we have to grow. So awareness is related to that concept. It's also developed through thinker moments, daydreaming, mind wandering, but in a, in a sense where you don't let your mind go off in a tangent but you have a fixed amount of time where you let your mind you just do that in the room just think just let your mind think and to be very aware of your thinking and to notice the intrusive thoughts to I mean 95 percent of 95 to 99 percent of people have got intrusive thoughts and I don't know why they say that in the research it should be 100 percent because we all have intrusive thoughts but what they're trying to say is that about 94 percent of people suffer from intrusive thoughts that are actually debilitating mm. and then what we tend to do is um, don't we don't focus on them we shove them down but if you shove something down it goes back even stronger than it was before so if you don't deal with something then it, it creates a very damaged energy pattern in the brain so the energy now now you're going to get too much 
delta activity and theta activity. And that means that when you go to sleep at night, you won't go into the, the non-REM sleep, which is your deep sleep, for example. And you have to get enough of that sleep in order to release growth hormone factors, in order to release telomerase for cells, a million different things go on. So if we go to, if we don't manage our minds, I'm just giving a couple of examples, and awareness is the first step. And awareness is- And are is all, the, all five steps are about the management, right? All of them. And, and, okay, and even so I won't, I won't derail us. So um, number one, we've got awareness. And then number two? Number two is reflection. So, but before awareness comes preparation. So never forget, we prepare. We've set our brain and body with the meditation, breathing, etc. Awareness then is this whole becoming aware of what you're thinking, feeling, and choosing. And quick example before I go into reflection. Let's say that we take, let's take your example. So now you became aware of that you were actually seeing yourself as someone who almost was good enough but not good enough kind of thing that was this thought concept and then you had all these examples and you even gave it a label so that's the first thing if we, if we use just identity as an example this these five steps can be applied to anything you're going through whether it is a toxic habit a toxic trauma an identity issue like we're talking about now um, just the day-to-day -day managing life you can use these five steps because it's mind management it's how you control your thinking feeling and choosing to make sure your brain stays obeys you <laughs> stays online so that you can manage the next moment and not react um, that you can be proactive in your reactions and not not reactive because the reactive will cause brain damage and you can fix it but then it's more work so we can always fix a trauma we can always fix a bad decision so you know we don't have to beat ourselves up about that but we can also learn to be more proactive so the first step is the awareness second step is reflection reflection is why did I even think that in the first place? What were the root causes of the reason that you felt like that about yourself? And I've heard your story before, and there's a lot of stuff that you went through as a child that, that you could track that back to. And if you ask yourself why you thought that, which is a reflect step, it wouldn't come out straight away. It's going to take you at least 63 days. It's going to take you at least nine weeks. Minimum, it could take why 63 days? So, okay, so neuroplasticity, it happens in, in various different cycles. The overarching cycle is that it takes 21 days to build a long-term memory to get what we call a gamma peak, which is the evidence that we learning has actually taken place. So I'm coming to your word of learning because I love the word learning. Learning is what I've used for years. So that's why I love that you use that word. So it takes 21 days to learn to build a long-term memory. Now, long-term memory means I've built a tree with information and emotions, and it's there. It's in my brain. And um, I can use it. But if I don't stabilize it, it's like a little plant. If I don't water, it won't grow. So it's built, but it's not accessible. So within 48 hours or even shorter or maybe within a few days, I'm, I know I learned that stuff, but I can't access it. So I have to get it to a deeper level of accessibility. I have to make it um, accessible memory. I have to automatize it. And the simple word for that is I've got to turn it into a habit. And that takes at least another two cycles of 21 days to turn a new thought tree into an accessible memory that it becomes a behavioral change. So you wouldn't have done the I'm a learner in overnight. No one can do can transform their identity overnight. It's the cartoon strips. It's going to be a little bit every day. So therefore, we see certain time points with neuroplasticity where we see a change happening day four, day seven, day 14, day 21, day 42, day 63. Very clear what we would see gamma peaks in the brain showing that neuroplasticity is happening, that changes are happening. Very exciting because it's evidence that even if you don't co consciously feel like you're changing, we have the evidence that on your non-conscious level, which is always 10 steps ahead of your conscious level, in fact, it literally is 10 seconds before you're conscious of anything, your non-conscious is already sending you messages to, to your subconscious through the via warning signals of, you know, you feel agitated or you feel your heartbeat, some sort of physical, some One sort of sensation. One of the craziest sensation. examples of that is people with the, they have brain damage that stops them from forming long-term memories. So a doctor will go in, put a pin in their hand, shake hands with this person, person jumps back. Why'd you poke me? Oh yeah. Sorry about that. They come back in sometimes like three minutes later, very briefly, Got and you. they go to shake their hand and the person will refuse, but they can't form long-term memories. So they'll ask them, oh, why don't you shake my hand? And they'll give you a BS answer. Oh, People that wear lab coats and make me nervous. I don't I don't like yeah, to shake yeah, hands yeah. with people because of germs, whatever. But the reality is they are not shaking your hand because subconsciously somewhere they have actually tracked that you had that pin in your hand. And so there was a 
is sort of emotional memory formation that doesn't reach the conscious part. So you don't have a logical explanation, but the brain is so desperate to have a story that's cohesive and makes sense that people will cough up these like super random and not at all true reasons for why they don't shake hands. That that has always blown me away. I know, right, it's so, fascinating. That, that actually totally. so that, that person was going through that shock. They literally have um, experienced, they thought, felt, chose, felt, they went to their little cartoon strips, think, feel, choose, think, feel, choose, 40 times a second, conscious, whatever, the whole process, 400 billion actions per second on the non-conscious, and they built a tree. So it was all on the non-conscious level because that's where the work is. That's where you know, you're consciously experiencing, but you push it into a non-conscious. So you have your instantaneous memory where you build a temporary short-term memory, and that you bring them back in the room, and that's what they're operating from. Bring them in three weeks later or even 72 hours later, there's a good chance unless you've reinforced it sufficient times, you wouldn't have – the memory would denature. The protein tree converts to heat energy. Mm. But if you sustain it, what we see through learn to learn, you have to do repeated little bits every single day. And then you get it to the point of the 21 days and thereafter you keep on moving. So when I worked in cycle at schools, I would arrange the um, – do arrange the – the um, education cycles in cycles of three so that you would do your testing at three weeks, six weeks, nine weeks, so that you keep building and building and building layer upon layer upon layer a little bit every day. If you're doing trauma work, like you're working through some really major toxic trauma, um, even identity, which can be very traumatic, um, is you do very limited time in the day. So if it's if it's brain building like schoolwork or learning something, there's no limit how much time you spend. The more you spend, the better it builds resilience in your brain. Incredible for mental health. But when you're trying to deal with a toxic thing, like a toxic mindset, like I'm not good enough, I can't, I'm just never going to reach that level that you had to shift, that you keep to around 37, between 7 and 30 minutes a day. Why? Because of the emotional load. And people can get so overwhelmed emotionally that you get all these chemical reactions that keep happening over and over and over. And you're not giving yourself that thinker break to be able to capture that thought. And then it becomes a, a thought that like an OCD thought or a repetitive thought intrusive that you don't control. So mind management is not to allow that to happen. Mind management is to do very concentrated work on the trauma, whatever it is, the identity for seven to 30 minutes. And then you don't work on it the rest of the day. You just have prompts. For the rest of the day. So let me let me translate this back into the finish the five steps and then we can circle back to this exact example. So we've aware, aware that you've got that mindset. You start reflecting on it. And so in day one of 63 days, you would have day one, you've discovered this one little branch on the tree and the next day another five little branches and then that reminds you of these little. So each day it builds a little bit, little bit. We've heard so much about how habits build. This is the science behind habit formation that I'm describing. You're actually growing the extra little branches and you're making connections across different parts. Oh, that happened there, that happened there. That's why and you're building it into this network in your brain. You're building this big oak tree that then has all these like the roots, you know, the root system of trees tends to go. Think of the in San Fran, the the the, the huge. Um, what are those trees called? Those massive trees. Their root systems. The redwoods. Are, the redwoods. Thank you. The their root systems are very much like our brain. Um, they just they grow across. They cross into each other, and that's what happens as you reflect. So in your reflect stage, you are drawing on all the experiences and building it into a new cohesive tree. Then it's important that you also uh, that you then write. So the third step is we genetically write. As we choose the wave crashes, we switch on and off genes. And when that happens, proteins are made. And those are the proteins that are the little computers that hold the thoughts. That's why I say thoughts are real. Thoughts aren't these ethereal, weirdo things. Thoughts are real, physical things that occupy mental real estate like a house occupies physical real estate in land and you build them you control them you change them you can add to them you can do they're always able to be updated um, they every experience updates them so your tree by now because this is quite a few years back is pretty big because you've now constantly learned and you've shown yourself you now have your identities very clear so across your brain your sunglasses are now of your identity are of one of i am a learner and you prove it to yourself every single day and confirm that message to yourself every single single day and it pervades everything. So you've now like a good virus um, they, that spreads across the whole brain. It infects the whole brain and it affects it through the neurons, through the synapses, through the physical structures, as well as through the energy that flows through the through the alpha, beta, delta, theta, et cetera, et cetera. And you kind of work out and then you'll have something will happen. It'll knock your identity. Someone will say something. You question yourself. You'll have a little wobble. And that's great. You embrace it. 
So there's awareness. Now I'm aware that there's something. I feel this this person said this. It's made me feel this about my identity. Let me reflect on it. It's become aware. Let me reflect. Okay. So I jumped ahead a little bit there to give you an example of those two steps, but you need to write this down. So when we write, we all know about journaling and everyone goes on and on about writing. It's it's real. Writing does the most phenomenal stuff in the in the brain. You literally put your brain on paper, but one of the best ways of writing is to just when you're trying to work through stuff, is to just pour your thoughts on a page. It doesn't have to be neat. The more messy, the better. So when you write, you actually allow a release of energy. You allow the parts of the brain that are called the basal ganglia that are like in the middle of the brain, like directly behind your eyes in the middle, between your eyes and your nose, deep down. You allow a flow of of energy between the temporal lobe, the amygdala, and the prefrontal cortex and the dorsolateral, all these fancy areas of your brain. Okay, we get we get all this energy, but it flows. You get gamma waves flowing from the front to the back of the way brain. So we see this beautiful. And you're saying this is all happening from writing. It's from all of these steps building up. And but writing allows a free flow of energy. So writing Do you want people to do those three steps like literally time sequentially? So I I sit down, I prep myself, I'm meditating, I'm developing the awareness, I'm reflecting on it, now I'm journaling. And so this is maybe over 20 or 30 minutes. Okay, so then what's step four? Step four then is recheck. So now you've written and you've got all this stuff down and it's normally a huge mess and that's better. That's great. Whatever. Just pour it out. That releases all this energy. You start pulling up stuff you don't even know is there. Then recheck is to look at what you've written and try and reconceptualize it. See it differently. Redesign it. What have I said? What am I saying? It's like a when they do an autopsy on someone who to try and find out what's, what the cause of death was. That's what you're doing. You're doing an autopsy. You actually, this what I'm talking about is brain surgery without the blood. You literally are doing brain surgery. You're pulling a thought up through awareness. You are dissecting it and starting the autopsy process through reflection. You're putting that down on paper in your written po- point so that you can now look at what you've, what you've, identified and now you are looking in the recheck you're trying to make sense of that what are the patterns and each day is a tiny step forward so you're not going to solve the identity crisis in one day that's what i keep talking about the 63 days and sometimes you might do multiple because as you come up with one you find oh there's all these things but you will get to a level and then uh, the recheck leads you to um a, a reconceptualizing a redesigning of okay i saw myself like this i've been seeing myself like this it seems like this could be one of the causes now, what could I do today? This is very important. What can I do now? We, we tend to do this big thing. I can fix this all in, in one day. You're not going to get there like that. You have to take a tiny, tiny little bit. You have to focus on what you can do today. So step five is an active reach. From my recheck, trying to make sense of this. And I'm not going to make sense of the whole thing today. But something there will make a little bit of sense. Now I'm going to do something very simple, a little active reach, which could be as simple as, okay, well, when I feel that I'm useless, I'm actually going to tell myself I'm not useless. It could be a song that you sing in your head. It could be a Why statement. Why do you call it a reach? Because you're reaching towards a goal. Okay. And it's so I'm active. actively taking a step towards my goal. Yes. I'm doing something physical. And here's the really cool thing is what we found from the research is that when you take a little thing, a statement as simple as um, if if I feel like I can't do it, I can do it. A simple statement, uh, if I um, – if I see myself as being not a learner. I see myself as being a learner. It's as simple as that statement, even if you don't believe it consciously. You have gone through a process of you now rewiring. You're building a new pattern in your brain. So you've got this toxic tree. Okay, so this I drag around the world. It's from South Africa. It's a little wiry tree. But thoughts look like this. Okay, so this is now a toxic tree. So I'm going to bring this into awareness, step one. Okay, and then you're going to reflect on this. What are these little branches? Why? What? Why? The why? Why am I thinking? Ask, answer, discuss. Then I'm going to start writing down what I discover. Then I'm going to look, recheck. I'm going to look at what I've discovered. And then I'm going to develop some kind of little action. That little action, I in my app that, that I've developed to, to teach a system, you can put in like the reminders on your iPhone. You can type it in to set it to go off and remind you seven times a day. Why seven? It seems like if we have intervals of seven during the course of the day, where a little prompt comes up on your computer screen and reminds you, you know, like you've got to go and do some shopping and you remind you, keep reminding So you press complete on your iPhone. That's what I'm talking about. By taking the little simple statement and putting it into your iPhone and it just pops up on your screen or you can write it on a journal. You can do whatever. I just 
like to use technology in that way, I, I don't have to do anything. It takes me a second to read it, but it reminds me. So in other words, I'm blending my conscious and my non-conscious mind. So the work I'm doing in my non-conscious mind is being reminded during the course of the day. Every reminder is a little drop of water to water the plant to give it more energy. The more energy I give the healthy, there's a healthy one. Okay, there's a nice healthy one. The more energy I give this, the less energy this has. So I'm not ignoring this. I'm not doing what traditional methods will say, we must just suppress this. You can't. This never goes away. I have to actually redesign this. You had to redesign your identity. You still talk about your previous identity, but you don't talk about it from this angle. You talk about it from this angle. You used to think like that. And there will be days where a little bit of this pops back in, but then you can wire it out and catch it quickly and get it out again. But the whole point here is that a lot of traditional cognitive behavior therapy identifies a thought and then teaches you techniques to talk it away, to try and convince yourself. That's really hard work and it's not sustainable. Mindfulness and, uh, I mean, meditation and things will get you in the right state, but this is these five steps are beyond mindfulness. What I've shown from my research is that you can have a boomerang effect. If you just become aware and you don't do something, you can go back into that state and get worse. Classic case example is in my most recent research, we had a control group and an experimental group. The control group were not given the technique which was these five steps in an app form. So they didn't get the individual therapy. It was all done because I'm a firm believer that you as a person are brilliant. You have this resilience in you and you have the ability to give yourself a lot of coaching. So what we did was in this in this research study, which was double blind, random controlled, all the gold standard, done with um, as a single subject design, which means I looked at the individual, measured them against themselves, and then we did do a group, we did compare the experimental to the control group. So we did a lot of different testing simplified. We did three areas of testing and one was psychological. I have a scale I've developed that looks at the non-conscious mind, how you're thinking, et cetera, your awareness, self-regulation, that kind of stuff. We use traditional scales that they use in hospitals and whatever. And we used the narrative. Very important. What's your story? That's the most important thing. What is your story? What's going on in your life? What is your circumstances? Most important part of the psychological. Then we looked at blood and telomeres and cortisol and all the traditional thing telomeres are caps on on the chromosomes x chromosomes on your dna and those little caps are very significant when it comes to cellular health and when people are under toxic stress they shorten and when you manage your stress they lengthen i showed that in nine weeks you can lengthen the telomeres and it's actually almost unheard of, except Dr. Eppel, who's the um, leading scientist, Nobel Prize winner in this area, has started showing that you can make these changes within nine weeks. So we've confirmed that with a study that when you manage your mind, you can change your cellular health, your biological age, in other words. Um, and so you control that. So you literally with your mind control how your DNA functions. You control, for example, we all know about cortisol. Cortisol drives so many things. We saw a significant relationship as people manage their mind using their five steps um, um, in terms of cortisol dropping to the to because everyone's cortisol is also measured against themselves, not against the standard. There's a basic standard, but with, there's such a variability within that. Mm. Homocysteine is another one. So in other words, without confusing everyone, we looked at blood, we looked at DNA, we looked at psychological, and we looked in the brain using QEEG, which is very accurate looking at the energy and how the brain's responding. So in the control, in the experimental group and the control group, they all got this testing. So everyone was made very aware of that they all knew it was a mental health study, but the difference was the experimental group got the technique. Mm. So what we saw was major difference. With day one to day 21 in the experimental group, there was a significant reduction in anxiety by 81%. Wow. That doesn't mean anxiety will go away. It means that you manage it. Anxiety will always be with us. We need to understand anxiety is a normal human response. So is depression. So is OCD. So is so are intrusive thoughts. They are all signals telling us, hey, cool down, focus, take a moment. Something's going on in your life. So what we what I teach people is that this is always going to be with us, but we've got to know where it gets unhealthy and how to manage that. And there'll be periods in your life where it does get unhealthy. That's okay. You can manage it. And that's what we saw happening, a reduction in depression, reduction in anxiety, up to 81%, significant changes in cortisol levels, significant changes in telomere length. We had some millennials, we had quite a lot of millennials on the study, that had biological ages that were 20 years older than their chronological age. Cool. And by the end of the study, they were back at their normal age, biological age. I mean, this is nine weeks. The subjects that did the process every day and they would spend seven 
to get through those five steps for a trauma thing, you can do this sequentially, as as you asked earlier on, in as short as seven minutes. And so it's a minute and a half per each step. So it's not long. But then over 63 days, that's when you see the change. But we saw changes in as early as seven days. That doesn't mean you stop. And this is always the danger I found with my patients. Because you see change so quickly, you think, oh, I've got this under control. But you'll lose that. Seven days is not enough to cause the, to allow the neuroplasticity to take place. Mm-hmm. So changes occurred, but all the proteins are unstable. They have to get to a stable state. In fact, what we see in the brain is the little branches where your memories are stored in the trees. When people are at day seven, for example, it's just a tiny bump on the outside. There's like a little bump that joins it. By day 21, it's changed into a mushroom shape. This is work done by Dr. Marion Diamond, who died at 94 last year, one of the leading researchers when it comes to this that memory stored in dendrites, not in synapses. And she showed with her work that it changes over time. And when you've got a bump shape, it's not a strong enough memory. That's at seven days. At 14 days, it becomes a lollipop shape, the little connector where the the leaf connects to the branch. And then by day 21, it's a mushroom. And it's only when it's mushrooms that we can start automatizing, building the habit, making something useful inside of us. How many times do people say, okay, I'm going to do this wellness course. I'm going to read this book. I'm going to do that thing. You teach people about goals all the time. Whatever wellness change, whatever food change, diet change, exercise change, business goal, but to make your brain learn that, to put it into the conscious, subconscious, non-conscious to a point where you can actually utilize it, it's going to take you, you have to go through the proper brain system. And that's pretty much what I've researched. That's mind management in a nutshell. Nice. Well, that was incredible. Thank you so much for walking us through that. That That is a, a lot of life lessons, research, everything put into a nice, simple formula. So thank you so much. Pleasure. Guys, if you haven't, she's got a whole world of stuff. She's written several books um, on topics about memory and mind management and getting this all together. So take a look if there's anything that you're struggling with and you can put that five-step process to the use. Do it for sure. Getting your mind under control is a shared obsession that you and I have. Uh, You guys will all benefit greatly from it. Dr. Leaf, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. And guys, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.